Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you here this morning. Reverend Z over here. And this week we're three ministers talking shit. Because <laughs> we've got a brand new friend and a brand new guest to the network. Reverend Ogan Holder is here from Massachusetts. So it's not quite insanely early his time, which is wonderful. Hey, and it's, uh, it's insanely early for me. Okay. <laughs> See what My alarm went off at 8 a.m. and I was like, why am I getting up at this point? <laughs> exactly. Right on. Uh, a little bit about Reverend Ogie, born in Barbados, raised there as well. Uh, currently living in Boston, Massachusetts and serving unity on the river in Amesbury, Massachusetts, uh, you know, right there on the New Hampshire border. So uh, glad you're with us this morning, Reverend Ogan. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Ministers Talking Chat. Thank you, thank you. I am uh, I am thrilled to be here. Oh, good. Yes, uh, we've been having a great discussion so far this morning. And really, we're talking about beliefs. Imagine that on this show. Uh, what do you believe? How, how do you come to believe that? And uh, can you change that? And what happens when you realize maybe what you've believed your for a long point in your long period of your life just doesn't turn out to be true. Zev Z, Rev Z, you want to get us started here? Yeah, well, you know, I, I love this quote by uh, uh, this phrase, however you want to state it, by uh, Abraham Hicks that goes, a thought, a belief is just a thought that you keep on thinking, right? So, so we step into this atmosphere of being. Uh, captivated by events and experiences and ideas in our lives that that we had some good affinity to or some bad affinity to that sends us down a track of what we believe. And once it takes a hold of us physically, mentally, chemically, emotionally, then it's hard to uproot that unless you change your thinking and change your life. Mm, yes, exactly. Reverend Ogan, give us uh, some idea, your opening thoughts on on uh, how we got to where we are as far as our discussion around beliefs today. Well, I mean, to to piggyback off of Reverend Z there, uh, you know, our our beliefs are. I, I like to think of it as the uh, the 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 what drives us, um, whether they're conscious or unconscious. It's 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 where we make our decisions from. It's you know every every thought, um, word, action, um, I think originates from a belief you hold. And so for many of us, we just go ahead saying, thinking, doing, um, and don't reverse engineer the process to go like, <laughs> like uh, you know, based on what's happening right now in my life because of my words, thoughts and actions um, and things may not be going the way I want them to go. We, we have choice. We could either rail against the world 
it's unfair. It's mistreating me. It's this is not okay. Or we could, like I said, reverse engineer the process and go, well, if I'm saying doing and thinking these things, and this is how my, you know, this is how the world is showing up, you know, and I don't want it this way. Do I, am I going to be brave enough, courageous enough, willing enough to look at the beliefs that I'm holding and, and maybe think, do I need to change those? Do I need to address those? And and here's the thing: this can go either way, right? This is entirely an agnostic process. You know, what would say use your powers for good or use your powers for evil, <laughs> right? So, yes. so, so this is an agnostic process. It could go either way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I personally remember that there was a time in my life, and I've used this story before because it so exemplifies this that prior to finding new thought and science of mind and religious science and all this, um, I was just out there working my way in the world and people would ask me, how's your day going? And I would tell them, and this would, that, that you get that question every single day, right? Somebody asks you, how you doing? How's it going? Yada, yada. My answer was always the same. Things are going great. Every day starts beautifully, but invariably along comes some a-hole and mucks it all up. Right. <laughs> I used a little different language back then, <laughs> uh, and but uh, so and even without science of mind, eventually I woke up to the fact that wait a minute, every single day somebody does come along and muck it up. Yeah, something would happen that I would use to blame the other to say, wait a minute, this is your fault. You just messed up my great day. And eventually I realized, no, 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 because I had said this enough and often enough that I started to actually believe it. Mm -hmm. And people would say, you don't really believe that, do you? Yeah, no, I really believe that, man. No, you don't want to believe that. Yeah, I really believe that. Eventually I woke up to, damn, I've been duping myself this whole time. Yeah. There's a better way to do it. And, and you know, one of the key things I think about belief is, you know, we always hear belief being associated with truth, right? Uh, and they're not the same thing. Um, truth is something that stands on its own. It doesn't need any, I mean, the truth that it is raining needs no explanation, right? Right. But if you start saying, I believe it's raining in Massachusetts and I'm down here in Colorado, well, that may or may not hold water. And so when we begin to, to operate and control our lives based on a belief that is not foundationally standing on truth, now we have problems. And so, and so because the truth has been, I would say, skewed, if you will, by all of these belief statements, uh, we get the two confused. And so people go off on tangents on a belief thinking it's being based on the truth. And then it's a problem. Right. Well, truth truth is relative. Um, so so I always I always make that delineation between big teeth, big teeth, big T. I can mm -hmm. tell y'all is early, big T truth and, and little T truth. So to give a great example, to piggyback off your metaphor about rain, here in New England, there's this wonderful phenomenon called spitzen. Y'all ever y'all ever heard of spitzen? It's when it's rained, it's just a little bit frozen. You know, so it's super cold. Every once in a while, it's it's like uh, a, an ice, an ice particle because it's that cold. it's not cold enough to snow or turn to ice or sleet, but it's right there in between. So you go there and there's, so I go there and, and and it's raining, but it's not raining. 
And so, you know, it took a couple of years before I, you know, I was saying to my folks up here, like, I've only been in the New England area for five years. And I'm like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's just Spitzin. I'm like, what What the hell is Spitzin? Like, this is the, this is the new thing that I'm hearing about for the first time, right? So so to that point, somebody might be walking out there saying it's raining. Somebody out there saying, no, it's it's sleeting. It's Spitzin. Like, what is, what is the truth? The truth, lower T truth, you know, is always relative it's contextual it's based on our on our frame of reference it's based on our history It's based again coming out of those uh beliefs and and this is inherently a problem when we take that small t truth and try to turn it into the big t truth those unquestionable uh things so so the unquestionable truth to use that metaphor is like there's some participation coming out the sky like there's no doubt about that that's the big t truth the small t truth is what do, what do we call it? What what is it? How do we you know interpret it? So I'm I'm in the Spitzin thinking this is this is horrible, and everybody's like, oh no, thank God it's just Spitzin and not like right. you know we in blizzard conditions, right? So it's a very it's a very complex, nuanced sort of thing, and unfortunately, so many of us are you know we are just we either don't have the energy, the time, the willpower, the fortitude to dig into it all and, right. and, and, and examine it and deconstruct it and, 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 and do the work with it. And, and I understand it. We got kids to raise, we got bills to pay. We got all sorts of things that, that, that we gotta, we gotta get done. We got a pandemic <laughs> that like, right. you know, has sapped everybody's like regular sense of mental functioning. So it's, it's, I, I, I get it. And it's the most important work we can do for ourselves in the world to to dig in and dig down into into realizing what we have individually labeled as big T truth versus small T truth and all the all the things in between. And, you know, as I mentioned, the pandemic has been fascinating to watch how things like the pandemic, even things like the recent election, how people use them to reinforce either reinforce what they believe is the big T or the small T truth, or use them as an opportunity to do more of that, like inner reflecting, breaking down deconstruction. Right. right. Well, and you know, you, you bring to mind the, the, with the big T and the little T uh, from an African ancient Egyptian perspective that would fall under the law of polarity. There is one thing that has a polarity swing that you have to deal with and so the difference between a thing is only a degree for example there is technically no such thing as hot and cold right there is a temperature and based on a degree it becomes hot or cold but the difference between where hot starts and cold start is a small fraction of movement and it's very different on how everyone experiences 60 degrees in colorado is fabulous 60 degrees in florida people got fur coats on so that the, the thing that we have to begin to get our heads around and this falls directly into the idea of belief is that we live in a polarity and that as one guy says i they're going to be highs and lows but i want my lows to be high lows i want to get in that sweet spot so my movement is just a little rhythm that moves back and forth and then when I translate that into thought, that means I am keeping my eye on the middle ground that that creates a smooth wake as we go through life. And I think 
that's that's what everyone's striving for. But sometimes those beliefs get us off because we're thinking, you know, 32 degrees is absolutely freezing. And I can tell you that's not always the case. It, part of it is we can't. You know what? Coming from Barbados, that is absolutely the case. <laughs> put that out. Put that out right there, right now. Yep. That's my big T truth. Thirty-two is always freezing. Forty is always freezing for me. And here in Colorado, it'll be thirty-two, and there'll be guys walking around in shorts and, and, a, sleeve, and a sleeveless T-shirt downtown. So, um, you know, it strikes me again that we're in this place where part of it comes into personal experience. So like we talk about temperature, anybody that's ever shared a bed with another human being knows how that temperature, everybody's got that different temperature differential, right? That, and, but we come to this place where if I don't have a, a direct experience of something, then I really don't have any alternative but to take somebody else's word for it. Yeah. And, and that's where a good con man can, can sway a nation. Indeed. And, um, simply because I'm too, you said it earlier, Reverend Ogan, right? I'm too busy doing life to have to go do the, re the research. And you, we hear this on, like, oh, I, I did the research. And, and in my research, it's like, you didn't research shit. You went and found a post on your favorite bias political bubble website, whichever bias you've got. Trust me, they're all there, right? And you just took what somebody else said and said, hey, that, that seems like that might be right. I'm just going to believe that. That's a lot easier than trying to figure out what the tr capital T truth is. Americans specifically, in my opinion, we just love to take the easy way out. Yeah. We, and, do. We, we do. And it's also, to your, to your point, not just direct experience, but I would say we – we don't we don't feel any way about it until that direct experience seems to take something from us, right? Okay. So if it's a direct experience is benefit benefiting us, we're definitely not questioning it. We're 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 gonna go along with it. Hashtag racism. But you know when it when it directly affects us or we are emotionally moved by it, then we're gonna begin to ask questions we saw this in the civil rights era when the majority country didn't start to sway till they saw they saw people in the south being fire hosed and chased by dogs we saw it this summer when you know with the murder of george floyd and all of a sudden you know most of white america is waking up to oh my god this is horrible and most of black americans like what are you talking about this is our tuesday right so it's it's an, an, until and and to your point in a way, it was sort of a, a direct experience of seeing it, but True. Yeah. but 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 for the majority of people who've never experienced this, who've never been on the receiving end of it, who who don't have a concept of what it means and what it feels like, it is harder to feel like we are part of the solution, right? Uh, for this that we we have we have to shift um as as well um this came up in a recent uh, uh podcast i was listening to i don't forget i don't remember what it was but <clears throat> the question was might have been the daily show how do you how do you say to a a poor white person who's been struggling their whole life to make ends meet that they have some sort of privilege right like how do you how do you convince them of that that's a very hard sell 
you know, for for them when when they've been struggling just as hard to put food on the table. And uh, it's, again, not a not a simple solution. But but when people have raised that with me, I say, well, look at it this way. If if a poor black man and a poor white man are pulled over in the middle of the night and arrested or or pulled over and and try to object to what's happening, there's a more likelihood of who's going to walk away <laughs> and who's not, you know, who, who's going to be gently put in handcuffs and who might be tased and shot. That's that's what we're speaking of in, in terms of that. But but it's 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 a hard sell. And at the same point, because of what's been happening, you know, this summer and all that, uh, it's it's people are waking up to it. People are asking questions. People are being being educated. Uh, uh, oh, can I can I put a plug for a, a book study got coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So in mid January, uh, me and another union minister um, are going to be Reverend Kelly Islas, her name. We're going to be doing a book study on on cast the origins of our discontent by Isabel Wilkerson. And and it's it's a phenomenal read. It it makes you rethink everything around how this country is structured um, from a racist point of view. And the thing that blew my mind the most of all, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna love this. The thing that blew my mind when I was reading this book that I didn't know before was when the Nazis were creating their programs around how to treat the Jews, they looked to the American South for inspiration and came up with the conclusion that there were parts of the American South that were too harsh for them to take on. That blew my mind, right? We, we hold the Nazis up as the standard of the ultimate evil. So, you know, one example was, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the South Jim Crow and before they had the one drop rule. If, if, you know, there's any, uh, if, if there's any black blood, even, you know, a drop, even if you look white, you pass for white, just any drop of, of African-American blood in you, you are not part of the dominant white caste. Okay. And you're treated as inferior. Even the Nazis said that was too cruel. Cause they were like, well, if a Jew has a drop of German blood in them, that makes them partially German. So, so we're going to bring them in with us. So when I was reading that, I was like, you know, so glad I'm born now. <laughs> and, you, and, you know, here, here, is, here is the real, in my mind, dichotomy or the schizophrenic nature of this whole thing in that I grew up in the South during the 60s where uh, you had the help. If you remember the movie, The Help, mm-hmm. you know, you had had black women in the households of whites that basically raised the kids, right? Yeah. Took care of the whole household. And so imagine the dichotomy or the schizophrenic nature that came about when, you know, and this wasn't all the case, but for those cases where where there was some some racism going on, here's a person I'm being taught to hate and whatever. But when I scrape my knee, that's the person who fixes it. When I need my dinner, that is the person who gives it to me. When I need a hug, that is the person who gives it to me. And so now this schizophrenic thing about a belief crops up because I'm being told to dislike or, or, or downplay a person who's providing everything I need to be a human being. Yeah. 
Imagine growing up with that and trying to flip that script, right? And so, or or the vice versa, you know, as, a, as the help, you're looking at, at a standard of how you think a certain family lives based on their color, but you're in that house helping to run it and you see all of that's a myth. This, all the things that we think of being, or, or all the stuff that's projected on, on being white is not what it's told to be, but we believed it on both sides. And now we got this mess, you know, of systemic racism because it has been ingrained into us, just like a habit. And after we do it for a while, we don't think about it. It just automatically happens. And, and so there we go. So gentlemen, we've got a question in the comment box today. And uh, generally this is not a question and answer show, but I feel we've just got to look at this. Isn't it true that if you believe in systemic racism, then it exists, but if you don't, then it does not. Who wants to jump? And keep in mind, we've got 10 minutes. So okay. uh, keep in, uh, who, who wants to jump in and answer Stacy's question? Well, I, I'll take a quick one minute shot at it in that because we don't, as, as, as Reverend Ogun said, because we don't experience it doesn't make it not exist, right? Systemic racism, I mean, there have been, especially recently, a lot of studies where even down to no one has to see your face. If they look at your name on a resume and it sounds black, it doesn't even get a second look, right? That's where systemic racism is, is very easily outlined. And it's not even about a person. It's a name that is associated with another thing, i.e. a black person or a person of color. They don't get through. When we can get beyond that, we're making some progress because that's 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 ludicrous, right? I don't even know. And, and the person with the African-American name or a person of color name has a better set of skills to fill the job than the other person with a so-called white name. Um, what, what I'll say is um, to use another metaphor. Um, <clears throat> the, you know, ancient cultures believe that when the sun went down, it went away like it ceased to exist. And we all we all know that's not true. When it's when it's night out, the sun still exists, even though we can't see it. Right. Um, but part of it is that because we know as as intelligent scientific people, we know the earth the sun didn't go down the earth spun right the earth spin and sun's not going anywhere the earth spins uh we're in the shadow on the dark side and the sun still exists so that's part of our you know scientific belief and therefore we don't have a question today if the sun doesn't exist or not there was a time that people did that there was a time that people believed the earth was the center of the universe um and it that wasn't that wasn't the fact that wasn't the the, the truth um and the other part I'll say this, we all have our own implicit biases, whether we believe them or not. And there's not a skin color thing. It's not a gender thing. Every human being, because of how our personality develops based on things that happened to us in our life, we all have these implicit biases that I would, I would say are part of our belief system that we are not even conscious of. And 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 they they dictate how we respond to to situations in our life, and and again, our work is the if we really want to grow into the wholeness that we are, we we got to dig we got to dig into those and examine those and question those and change the ones that 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 are deemed uh, necessary, and and if we because we 
choose to believe that it doesn't exist, there is a chance that you as an individual may therefore walk and operate in the world as if it, as if it doesn't for you personally. But that doesn't mean it's still not out there. We see countless examples of this quite recently. And this was another one that blew my mind quite recently in Florida somewhere, I think. Uh, you know, we read the story of uh, it was an interracial couple who put their house on the market and they got one, you know, person realtor came in to give them an estimate and they got one estimate. They removed all traces. The wife was black. They removed all traces of her existence. They took down all the family pictures. She wasn't there for any of the any of the walkthroughs or estimates by the realtor. And when that house and that's all they that's the only change they made. And then when the second estimate was given, it was tens of thousands of dollars higher simply by removing the presence of a black individual from the home. And that's just a mild example of what what still happens in in the world today. So so we don't we don't have to believe if systemic uh, racism exists or not. Us believing it doesn't change the fact that it does. And it does because every day we see evidence of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Right. If, if there is a physical manifestation going on in the world, if we see a manifestation, then there has to be someone behind that believing, believing that thought, casting that thought into the universe to create. So I, I agree. Anytime... And we see it in so many places. Uh, I was in telephone sales for a while, and I was taught straight up, our product does not attract black people. If the person on the phone sounds black, you can pretty much guarantee it's not a sale. Just get off the phone and go. Yeah. And I took that as a challenge to say, no, that ain't true. Mm -hmm. And did very well by talking to the people I was told not to. Now, to dig into that question a little bit further, the how do we change the system and dismantle systemic racism is yes we begin by believing it shouldn't exist and and we begin to change our own personal lens to to uh to not so much not see it but to interact with everyone as if it doesn't exist and i don't know if this is where the question was coming from if i don't if i don't believe it and hold it in my heart do i not therefore i don't walk in the world as if uh, you know, I don't have these biases. Um, so I would say that's where that's where it begins um, by, by realizing that, uh, you know, we we all have that inherent divinity, divine value. We are all um, equal. You know, there's 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 uh, equality and equanimity is 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 the truth, the big T truth of who we are. But we've got to then take that from just a, a belief or a lens from which we want to see the world and then go like, well, here, how, here's how it's not showing up that way. Right. What can I, what's mine to do to, to shift that or to change that. And, and, and that speaks directly to something we all agreed upon at the very beginning is we have to change our experiences. We have to get involved. We have to be active in life to dismantle, any belief, whether we hold it dear or not, we have to qualify it or verify it to some degree by getting an experiential of it. Because, you know, how many of us, and I would submit all of us, has has had someone offer us a food that we said, oh, I don't like that. 
I don't think that's a good thing to eat. It's nasty or whatever. But once you taste it and eat it, you say, oh, man, I've been missing this for a long time because I had no experience and I was casting judgment on it based on God knows what. But it was that direct experience, that interchange that made the thing of of a dislike to a like. That did not hold true for me in Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I, I, I don't care how you make them. Trust me, my daughter loves them and she's tried. I don't care how you make them. I still, mm -mm. You got to put more. You got to put more sea salt on them. That'll do it. I don't care what you put on them. I'll, you know, one time she made them with like so much butter you could barely taste the Brussels sprouts. I, you know, I just licked the butter off. <laughs> no, so I, I, you know, I get what you're saying, and exceptions to every rule. Let's agree to disagree now. <laughs> I love Brussels sprouts. What do you mean? <laughs> to each their own. To each their own. Right? You know. She even tried wrapping them in bacon one time because I live and die around bacon. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? It's good going in, but that Brussels sprout stays, man. It's just, <laughs> no, there's nothing's going to cover that up. <laughs> Folks, we're going we're gonna to dig up Reverend Ogan's sister's recipe for bacon-wrapped Brussels sprouts. And, or your daughter's, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to dig up that recipe. I think it sounds pretty easy, right? Bacon-wrapped. Mm -hmm. Brussels sprouts. Yeah, um, so if you want to try that at home, you're welcome to. Um, you know, we've done it again. We've about run out of we have run out of time here. So thanks for sticking around for a little extra with us. Uh, this is Ministers Talking Shit. It's a production of the New Thought Media Network. It happens every Friday morning, 7 a.m. Mountain Time. And you can catch the back episodes on our video page on Facebook, on our YouTube page. Uh, and on the archives on our website, ntmedia.org. Thank you so much for being with us this morning, gentlemen. Uh, we're already running over, so let's, uh, let's give the folks a, a final thought, and then we'll let them get into the rest of their day. Well, you always know mine. Educate, conversate, and activate. Uh, that's what's going to change it all. I like that. I have to borrow that. That's a good, that's a good one. Uh, mine is uh, live in the question, question everything, question your thoughts, question your beliefs, even if you're comfortable with them, even if you settled on, you know what, this is what's working for me right now. Question it. Cause you can always go deeper. There is, there is, I like to say, there is no bottom to God. So keep questioning. Mm, yeah. All right. And, uh, I want to, I want to, before I take off, I want to say, if you've enjoyed what you've heard from Reverend Ogan here today, he is part of a fabulous team that does an amazing uh, web podcast, excuse me, Pub Theology Live. I just dropped a link in the comments. You can check that out on SoundCloud and, uh, and I believe other podcast platforms. Check this and, out. And all my Sunday talks are also available on all the podcasts formats just search for unity on the river sunday sermons uh look for unity on the river on youtube and uh you'll find all my talks there as well yeah and rev z hangs out at the center for spiritual living denver and you can catch his talks on their properties uh facebook and youtube as well so thanks for being with us today reverend ogan thanks for being with us i i hope you'll come back again sometime oh absolutely if it's not too early for you. It'll always be too early, but I'll still be. <laughs> Perfect. All right, folks, that's all we've got for today on Ministers Talking Ship. We'll be back next Friday. Until then, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking 
We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.